follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. My name is Shad. I'm here with Matt and Brad. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? I'm doing spooktacular, Shad. <gasps> Ooh, that's a great answer, Matt. Now we are finally we're in my favorite time of year. Not Christmas, but the Halloween season. I'm doing well as well. And before we get to um, the collar and elbow thing, I have to do a slight addition to last week's show. Um, after the bits of Raw I saw, I have to make a slight correction on my opinion of Jerry Lawler. Wow, like, he did a good job. That's what I've heard, is that um, Lawler in commentary last night stopped the other commentators from talking about mundane things over hot tags and actually talked about the match. And I'd also like to say, like, he, he is, like, the... Um, when he's on his game, he is like the anti Corey Graves to me, like where he's legitimately funny and clever, where Corey Graves thinks he's being clever, but he's really not. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, um, lots of, lots of WWE changes going on. We're going to see where it goes, but... We also are going to get our, our shout out to our affiliate. That is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarXElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corner, capital P and podcast. No spaces and get 10% off your order. You know, I can't help but wonder if they're going to have us some, uh, if they're going to have us some Halloween themed stuff or if they're going to have, they've got some new shirts that actually dropped lately, so. There's a Ouija board shirt. There's the Hulk Hogan uh, Ichiban uh, Beach Store shirt. There's the Wolfpack shirt. Um, there's uh, they brought back the the mirror image, the classic mirror image shirt. It's just twelve bucks right now. Um, they've got some new stuff. <laughs> they've got hoodies out, and so check them out. Use our promo code and just support things you like. So. Um, with that out of the way, there is also another, another shout out that we are, are, <clears throat> has, has renewed its special place in our heart. Isn't that right, Matt? Yeah, that'd be to Epico Cologne. Uh, he who commented on our <laughs> IG post, um, we still, want, we still plan to do, uh, a review of a couple episodes of, uh, WWC to see, uh, see what's going on over there and see some of his, uh, his work there. Uh, did we talk last episode, or was it like did we talk offline about? Didn't he, did he have like a, a title defense against? We I, I don't remember. Eli, was, was it Eli? Yeah, it was I, Eli Drake. I want. I hope that's actually like on 
on video somewhere or on the an episode of the show. That would be awesome. I, I actually would really curious to see that match. I think I think most of their I think most of their stuff like makes TV because I think they do like one or two shows a month and then make like a month out of TV of it. Well, I definitely want to check out that particular episode if it is on their uh, their YouTube show because that would be fantastic. That's a yeah. really curious. That's a really curious match. I'm, I'm sure it's probably really yeah. good. Uh, and what's I'm, really I'm cool really is like I seeing it. I'm that, sorry. It's like weird to me because uh, Eli Drake is obviously not signed to the WWE, but Epico is. So you would have like Epico versus a you know kind of a big indie star. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing they don't. I guess they just don't care because it's Puerto Rico, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's not like it's it's not like it's going to be competition, you know, on the mainland or anything. So, or I, I don't they don't see it that way. I swear, it sounded like somebody was getting ready to say something. Oh, sorry, I was <laughs> I was seeing if he's had any title defenses since then. Oh, okay. So keep your eyes open in the future. We'll be, um, we will be doing some WWC episodes and now ladies and gentlemen, I know you've been on pins and needles. I know you've been looking forward to the return of this or maybe you haven't, but now that it's happening, you are, it's the return of the bag of holding. We still don't have that reverb effect, but. Nope. I might be able to put it in post production. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. So, if you haven't heard one of these episodes before, so these are smaller topics that we couldn't build a show around. They can be wrestling, they can be not. Uh, typically what we do is we pull five of them out of a bag. Like legitimately I have a bunch of topics in a bag that I replenish from time to time and I pull five out randomly. All right. So and we talked about a, we talk, Yeah, we talked about a lot of random stuff on here before. I think in the very first one we got into a uh, a discussion, an in depth discussion of the best uh, fast food chain. Or maybe yeah, fast food. Yeah. Because I remember I remember the five guys conversation. Yes. 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 That's uh, that that was that was interesting. That the uh, what came of that? Yep. So our first topic tonight, it's actually very topical because it happened on Raw. <laughs> oh, Why God. do you think WWE is obsessed with breaking up Lana and Rusev? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give you my. My first, my just my initial blush is that whoever is writing it is either salty, jealous, or both. You know, I don't think that's that out of bounds because I saw a lot of commentary online, especially at the Pro Wrestling Only board, about how they keep punishing him for marrying above his supposed station, looks-wise. Oh, What? That's the old school, like, that's how they did it back in the day. Remember the, wasn't the old story, like, Dusty got pissed off that uh, Baby Doll and Sam married, Houston. Yeah, married Sam Houston. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you see, you should be happy if someone outkicks their yardage. 
be happy for him. And then the thing is, though, like for me, like Lana doesn't work unless she's with Rusev. Yeah, there's a dynamic. The way that they were introduced, that's I think that they're that's a good point. I think it's because they have chemistry. Like they bring. I think he he did fine with like Aiden English, and they screwed that up by putting them back together. But then they did nothing with him for the next year. But they they bring out a good dynamic with each other. Like they can be themselves. Yeah. Sure, I agree with that. <clears throat> Again, it's I'm I'm still of this. And it might just be that they're pissed off over the uh, the fact that they they ruined the the storyline that they were going to have uh, with announcing that Lana and Rusev you know got engaged. <clears throat> but um, you know, I, God, there's just there's so much pettiness in it. And then who was it? I, I remember seeing. Someone brought it up, and I can't remember where it was from. They said uh, someone at one point asked um, the uh, asked Savage about it. He goes, "Well, you know, I did an angle with my wife, and now I ain't got no wife no more. Yeah, so draw your own conclusions." And it's like, Ooh, okay. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, oh. Oh wow, yeah, because that carried over to like Kevin Sullivan too, and maybe, maybe not Deborah Mick Michael Austin, something like that. That's. I don't think they ever did an angle together, though. No, but. I mean, it's hard to say with Randy Savage because he was, like, legitimately insane, so (laughs) I can't really blame him doing an angle with her on him being, like, a psychopath that was, like, super jealous. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's just, I'm, either that or this whole, I I don't know if they're trying, who, who they're trying to get back at. Are they trying to get back at? Rusev, or are they trying to get back at Lana? Are they trying to get him at both? Because how uncomfortable would it be to do what they did for? Uh, you I know. think the stupid thing is they did they did pretty much did cheating angles in back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That that's that's a really good point between Canellis and now. And, Rusev, and Lana. I think I think we need to take this moment to tell a lot of people out there if you blame stephanie mcmahon for al wilson in 2002 like you owe her an apology because it was obviously (laughs) paul Heyman. it was obviously paul Heyman. as as dumb as that was it's it's way less uncomfortable than this stuff is or i think it is matt you sound like you were gonna say something yeah it's not just uh, Rusev Lana. It's like, what is this? Like a weird Vince McMahon cuckold fetish? Like this is the second. <laughs> well, no, it's the second one of those type of stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. I well, just no, like Heyman's, line pop up Heyman, Heyman's in control now. So if it's if it's someone's fetish, it's Heyman's deal now. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Let me see if I can do the voice. And... <clears throat> Don't kink shame, pal. It's good shit. <laughs> We know from a JR oh, story. That's such good shit. Come on. We 
<laughs> but the thing is with that though is we know from JR that Vince has an almost naive like view of the world. That's also true. Because remember remember when JR wanted to hire Gail Kim and Vince didn't believe that Asian porn was a thing? Really? And they had because yes. oh, JR, wow. JR was trying <laughs> to justify it saying um that some men found Asian women attractive and Vince wouldn't believe him. He had to get on the internet with Vince and show him Asian porn. <laughs> I hadn't heard it go that far, but I'd heard it been like Vince would be like, "Oh, we're gonna find her attractive." It's like Vince, there's whole websites dedicated to yeah. Asian women, and he yeah, like, you really, really yeah. pal, you don't, know, you don't know the doors you're kicking open with this. <laughs> you happen to you happen to know any of these sites there, pal? Is it, I remember is, is um, good shit? Why uh why are why is it all pixelated? Um, <laughs> That's for, the, that's for the people out there with dirty minds. You know what I'm talking about. I think I think it's a Heyman thing because I bet if you even told Vince what that was, he'd be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't understand. Mm. You may so remember when remember when Razor Ramon tried to do the Scarface thing and Vince had no idea what it was? Yeah, he didn't know what Scarface was. I think Vince lives in his own little world. Well, that was... Yeah. Um, oh, God. What was it that... Uh, Oh, when Paul Burchill was wanting to do a, a Pirates of the Caribbean inspired gimmick, it I think took I've... him like two years to sell Vince on it. Because Vince's like, who cares about pirates? He's like, Vince, have you not seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? And and, and one of the one of the um, booking staff had to take him aside and be like, look, Vince doesn't watch movies. He just he just works and watches wrestling. That's all he ever does. Yeah, I think I That's, may have told that story on the podcast before. You may it's, have. It's one of my favorite. Like this can't be real, but in the, in the if you know Vince, it's like actually this is quite plausible. You're right, and I'm sorry I stole your thunder on that. But oh no, it's fine. It's a funny story. It's it's just so. I don't. I guess I don't understand it. If for no other reason than how, don't you think like getting some variety input would would just be good for. For having a feeling of what's, you know, what what's what's popular right now, or or. So, based on my career, I deal with high level people in my company, and when people get really high up that corporate ladder, some of them are like almost non-functional, like as human beings, because they're so career focused. Oh. And I think that's Vince. Like, no, there's like literally people. My wife had to tell like a high up director in her company how to get new tires for her car once. What? What? Oh God! Like that's that's the kind of stuff you deal with when you get like to super successful people. Like they have a specific like they are good at this one thing, and that's all they they have in their brain. So college professors. Yes. Yeah. I, like, have I had friend, to. Yeah. I was at my job once and I had to help like an executive like use the card swipey thing on a snack machine. And then I had to be like, oh, it's like really hard. And this is when I worked in the mailroom to make it even more like of a slap in the face <laughs> way wow. back in the day. Wow. Um, yeah. That's that's OK. So, yeah, that's that's somebody's fetish. Um, and I do, I just, who wants to see like Bobby Lashley versus Rusev? Oh, uh, they're really, really trying to make Bobby Lashley happen. 
They missed their chance with that, though. Yeah, they did. They they missed it really badly. And Rusev just came back, made a hot return. Everyone was excited about it. Why are you going to use that to try and feed and get somebody else over? Use that to get him over. Well, and the, the thing with Lashley, the only time they were kind of onto something was when Leo Rush was his manager. Yeah. And they were kind of onto something, and boy, they screwed that up real quick. Yeah, uh, well... Mm. Uh, it, it, uh, I mean, Leo. Le- I, I mean, was going to say, how much of that falls on Leo Rush? He had a point though that he w- that he was getting screwed because he wasn't getting any merch sales. Okay, like, uh, that's, a, I th- like, that's and, probably a legitimate grievance. But from the stories I've heard, is that he he went he went about it the wrong way. I mean, he's a young guy though, and I, I also have a problem. I have a problem, and I know you'll disagree because you're more you're closer to the business. But I have a problem with the WWE like making ten plus not not necessarily that Lee is a ten plus year veteran, but guys that have earned veteran status elsewhere having to be the like water boy. I don't have, like, like that European either. Ter- tours I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's to me. That's really more disrespectful to those guys. Like. Because, like, you're going to make Rockstar Spud do that? Like, I'm sorry, but half of you guys haven't even been around as long as Rockstar Spud. Yeah. And, and the, like, the idea of you're new in the locker room, therefore it's your job to clean it up for a while. Okay, you know what? I can kind of get that. It's just, it's a it's a way of saying I'm not above, you know, doing stuff like this so that, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know... I'm not beyond doing stuff like this, and and you know I'm I'm not trying to say I'm better than you guys. That's fine. I kind of get that, but this idea of like oh no you got you're going to be the water boy or you know you're going to carry somebody's bags. It's like well, dude's been in the business like 15 years and you're going to try and do this stuff. I, I, yeah, that bothers me a lot, and it. it because it's based. Oh, you've been in it how long? Well, as it turns out, that's um, that's either not good enough because it wasn't here, which is a very Kevin Dunn opinion, or it's like, well, you know, I've been in the business seventeen years. Well, you were going to split hairs over two years. You're still learning how to get your wrist lock right in the first couple of years. Well, or even worse, people who've been in the business a long time but still suck at it. I have one name that comes to mind that I'm not going to say because I don't want to just bury people on. That's never been my M.O., but there's some people that are like that. It's like, oh, no, I've been in this business 35 years. I'm like, well, you should have learned something in that time, shouldn't you? But I don't I don't care for it. I don't like it. There's I mean, there's a certain amount of. There's a certain amount that maybe I could I could see up to a point, but come on. No, it, this this is stupid. You gonna take a guy? What you said? Rush had been in the business what ten years? Not quite that. I think Not quite five or six. But you're like gonna you're make gonna... him hand out water at the at the 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 freaking curtain whenever they come back. Yeah. It's, it's... Shit, guys, do, you've got other people that can do that. Do they make him do that? That's what they, they. Yeah, they made him and they made Rockstar Spud do that on that tour. Now here's or he wouldn't do it, and and Spud did it. Sorry, I can never remember like his last name. He's Dallas, something or other. And if like Maverick, if, 
Yeah, Maverick. Drake. I if, can never remember. If if you if you would have like, let's say they're there and some young guy had been like grabbed up some water and gone to meet the guys at the curtain, giving it to him, and been like, "Hey guys, you worked really hard out there. I brought this up for you." That's okay. That's like a really cool thing for him to do. But to be like, you're going to stand here and you're going to give them water whenever they come through. It's like, oh, it's a dick move. And you know they don't mean it. You're going to walk through and you're going to be like, hey, here's your water. Good match. I wasn't really paying attention because I'm forced to be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Because, like, especially, like, so you're going you're gonna to do that to, like, to, to Rockstar Spud. And he's supposed to do that for Mojo Raleigh? Like, really? Like... Just... That's that's a good point. That's a really good point. Like so. I'm sorry, but Mojo Rawley sucks, and he's lucky to even be there. And Spud has been in dozens of companies all over the world. Sorry, like it just doesn't jive with me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. And if it was my, if I had a company, there'd be some things I'd be like, all right, guys, that don't fly here. But until I find myself a money mark to do that with, it ain't happening. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go actually off the wrestling um, topic for the next question. Do you follow other sports? Yes. So let's start with Shad. That was a a really slow. (laughs) Well, it's okay. Here's the thing. I know Shad specialized. He pretty much follows Kentucky basketball. Yeah. there you go. That's that. That's why it was so slow. Is because I grew up in Kentucky. the The Wildcats are my team, and and so you know, I watch the Cats. That's that. That's life. You grow up in Kentucky. You're a Kentucky basketball fan. You watch the Cats. You're a fan of them. You're not some godless heathen. But when I, I don't care about the NBA. Part of the reason I don't care about the NBA is I grew up in what I consider like the golden age the age of jordan and pippen and ewing and stockton and malone and uh robinson and barkley and uh hot dominique hawkins and um hakeem olajuwon and dikembe mutombo and like everywhere like okay everyone was not jordan but there were outstanding players everywhere and now it's like oh they're all on one or two teams gee i wonder how this is gonna go yeah and that's that's been my big problem with the nba and they they keep seeming seeming to change the rules to make that more viable but my my other big problem i love basketball as a concept and i love it for about 90 percent of the game but then it takes you like 40 minutes to get through the last two minutes and that just kills <laughs> my my love of it every time oh Oh God! The last Kentucky Derby. All right, this is this is funny. The last Kentucky Derby. Whenever they had the rules review at the end, right? And as it turned out, there was a legitimate reason for them having the rules review. But I made the comment to somebody: uh, it's the it's the last thirty seconds of a sporting event in Kentucky, and they've stopped it for a rule. Sorry, excuse me, a rule review. You you know that this is a Kentucky kind of thing. <laughs> um. And you know the you're right. You get to the the last the last five minutes of an NCAA game, and you, you're debating on whether or not you're going to have to call into work tomorrow because you're not sure if the game's going to be over by then. Um, but you know, 
I'll, I'll watch football if it's on. Football is is kind of engaging. Um, the, you know, I I'll uh, I I cheer for the Colts and the Bengals as much as it hurts, but I don't make it a point to watch anything in particular. Uh, I I don't care about baseball. I don't watch MMA anymore. Um. I used to love MMA, but they they've really lost me with how crooked it's gotten in the last five or six years. Yeah, yeah we've talked about that on the on the podcast before. Just UFC in general has become so shady. Yeah, with how they've done things. Yeah, uh, well, I had an opportunity to kind of go into it on the front edge of it, um, early two thousands. Not really the front edge, I guess, but. I had an opportunity to get into it in the early 2000s. I took a look at all the people I'd be training with. And I was like, wow, uh, everybody here is kind of a dick. And that's gonna, who I'm going to be spending a lot of time with, so never mind. Um, but it was a... Uh, it was a... Um, you know, it, it, I used to watch it. And oddly enough, right around, I, I guess, the, uh, the Lesnar... Uh, Velasquez fight is kind of uh, yeah I'm, I think I'm uh, about done here I I still pay attention for what Stipe is doing but that's because he seems like a legitimately good human being in a sport of very few of them mm-hmm. yeah yeah what about you guys are you fans of well I think uh, Shad usually goes quiet when when Matt and I have our talks about other sports, but I, I have been a season ticket holder for five years for the Columbus blue jackets. If you could see my studio, it's full of blue jacket stuff. Um, I'm also a baseball and an NFL fan, but my, my fandom of football's kind of died because of the whole concussion issue and just the God awful refereeing the last couple of oh, years. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I, I have a I have a deep love of baseball that will never die. What about you, Matt? So I do follow sports. Uh, I predominantly though because I, I I grew up in the Washington D.C. area my entire life. I really mostly follow just D.C. sports teams. So I mean I love football, but so I'll follow the the Washington Redskins. For uh, for basketball, which I also enjoy quite a bit i will follow obviously the wizards but but they haven't really won much of anything uh so i became a a san antonio spurs fan through my wife she's from san antonio uh baseball i follow the nationals hockey obviously the caps uh but i i enjoy uh sports a lot but i'm not such an uber fan that if my teams are like not doing well they're out of the playoffs or what have you that i'm now obsessively going to be start following like another team like i will watch i will i will watch playoffs of course uh but i like i'm not going to get obsessively into another team that i just that's not how i am like i'm more of a a hometown team guy so if that's that's how i've gotten just because time constraints you can really only focus on one team yeah so I mean, if I if if they're out, like I don't really 
obsess unless it's like it, there's a good story involved. Although I will watch playoffs just because I generally find that oftentimes interesting. I'll usually watch like the NBA playoffs and the finals, even if obviously the Wizards aren't in it, which they haven't been for a while. Uh, I'll still watch, uh, excuse me, hockey playoffs, NFL playoffs. Uh, I, I will still enjoy that, but I don't like obsess about it. I will say like baseball. I used to be a real big baseball fan when I was a kid, and I've really fallen off on that. Like I enjoy watching the Nats, but if the Nats aren't if the Nats aren't in it, then I the only way you can rope me in to watching a game is if it's a compelling story. Like a couple of years back when the Cubs were going all the way. Oh, like that, that Cubs Cleveland World Series was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, oh it was. That final game was maybe one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. The, the, oh, I was, our uh, finals, I guess, I've ever seen. I was so destroyed at work the next day. Cause that, didn't that go to like 2 a.m. or something? It did, because my wife and I watched it. We, we watched the entire thing. And because my, uh, my wife is a huge Cubs fan because uh, after she grew up in San Antonio, but she went to school in Chicago uh, and then also lived there for a while. And San Antonio has the, the basketball team, but they don't really have they don't have a, a football team. They don't have a baseball team. You could she, you could follow like a different Texas sports team, which a lot of people do, but she didn't. She she kind of latched on to a couple of the uh, Chicago franchises. Like she's a Bears fan, uh, but she loves the Cubs, the Cubbies. Uh, so she, we, she wanted to watch it. I was down to watch it because it's such a compelling storyline. They were very close to winning it all, and then they, they did. We stayed up. Uh, to the bitter end and I was just stunned I was like I can't believe they did it they did it and it was super exciting but outside of that like I, I'm not gonna care like I I kind of I kind of enjoyed it what a couple years back when uh when the Astros won I just like that because back. I love seeing the Dodgers blow it yeah yeah <laughs> I do uh, have a I'm sorry Matt go ahead I'm... I know just to finish my thought like I, I that's what I care about I don't otherwise care i do have teams i don't know if you guys are like this i actually have teams that i always root against is that oh, how you yeah, guys oh uh, yeah i have those you mean duke <laughs> well like like duke yeah. duke's so fun though because duke blows it so much it's not as fun anymore i do no it will always be delicious whenever duke blows it i will always i will cackle and sit and just and grin God, the next best thing to Kentucky winning is Duke losing. Oh, it's the best. You know, it's funny you bring up like college sports because I will watch college, uh, at least college football, college basketball. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't exactly have like a team, so I can just throw on almost any game and. Well, I tell you what, enjoy you it. can you can come on over and be a Wildcats fan. That'd be fun. <laughs> sure. See, uh, now, I I will tell you though, I do I do like to root for the Patriots just because everyone gets so bent out of shape when they win. It, I find oh, it yeah. hilarious. I actually have nothing against the Patriots. Um, you know, at this point, like, I just I respect like what they do. Like, there is some real like genius at work with how they construct their team and keep winning. Mm-hmm. I'm just tired of them. Um, I, I did two things I wanted to throw in. I'm not a baseball guy. I played it as a kid, and it bore me tears. But there is one baseball team that I will pay attention to. Oddly enough, it is a minor league team in the Frontier League. It's the Florence Freedom, and it's because during the summer, 
they contract me to come up for a few events for character night. So uh, that's fun. And then I, I have a question. When you say sports, do you count esports as well or no? no? No. Okay. I don't get the point of that. So. Um, All right. I just wanted to ask because. If you if like if you like to play those games, that's fine. But like these people that talk about watching people play video games, I, t- and I'm not disparaging anyone that does that, but just in my opinion, I think it is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And just. So I don't. Yeah, I have. I actually have like strong thoughts on this because I feel several things that we consider air quotes sports aren't sports. They're games. Sometimes they can be like competitive games, but to me, they're not sports. Like I know, like ESPN will show like World Series of Poker. That's not a sport. That's a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's a here's a controversial one for I'm sure some people won't like uh, golf. It's not a sport. It's a game. It's not a sport. There's nothing really. It can be competitive, but you, there's nothing particularly athletic. And I know people are like, well, you got to walk around a lot. It's like, no. uh, so then me walking, like if I if I choose to walk to work, if I choose to walk like ten miles, the ten miles it takes me to get to work, is that a sport? It, I don't I, know how I feel on that, but I can see where you're coming from. I don't it's, think it's a sport. You see, I, I I don't mind splitting hairs on whether it's a sport or not. It's just, okay, the one that I've watched, the only one that I watch is Competitive League of Legends. It's a 5v5 game. There's lots of interplay. I've played that game for years. TSM fan. Um, but, you know, if, if people who are playing chess internationally are issued athlete visas, then, you know, esports competitors, I think, ought to get athlete visas, too. But, eh, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not for everybody, and that's fine. Oh, I will talk about my favorite Olympic sport that I drive my wife nuts with every four years because I watch it obsessively is curling. Uh, again, I don't really consider that a sport. But it's it, not a sport. Because but you don't it even, is fun to watch, yeah. We have a curling club here. You don't even need skates to do it. You can wear tennis shoes. Hey, Brad, how do you keep bacon from curling? How? You take away its brooms in the pan. Nice. Yep. But, um, yeah, I love curling, but I, I don't know how I feel on the, the golf being a sport or not. <laughs> I just don't pay attention to it. The, the other problem I have with the eSports is, though, is a lot of those teams have some really scummy practices. There are. Behind them. Um, there, it's a very, that was, yeah, it's a that, very awful seedy underbelly to eSports. There was that was a pro in in competitive League of Legends that was a problem with uh, Team Coast. Team Coast was bad about it. The worst one that okay, not the worst one. The worst I one. I think it's Overwatch is like the super like abusive like uh, well, CD groups. Listen, yeah, I've heard things about that, but listen to this. There was a team in the North American League Championship Series called uh, Team Impulse. Uh, TIP is what they went by. It was four or five guys from China that they brought over to the U.S. to play into the LCS, and basically the their 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 company or whoever it was that owned Team Impulse pretty much kept them in the house all the time. Didn't let them go out unless it was game day or something like that. Wait, wait. So they 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 brought these guys over. So they're in a strange country. Yep. 
possibly well, don't speak the language that well, and these it, people but were they essentially. But they weren't. They weren't getting any of the proceeds from what they were doing. A lot of the guys that came over made an effort to, like, you know, they they sat down and they spent their off time learning English so they could interact with fans and that sort of stuff. But so, so they, but they basically closed them guys, off. They essentially brought these guys over to a strange country and held them hostage. Is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Wow, that is yeah, that is up. that is super shitty and. Um, they, uh, I think they were around for uh, two or three seasons, or maybe just two or three splits, because the regular season for the LCS is the spring and summer split. There's a there's a break in the middle, so it's kind of like it's two half seasons. Okay. So I think they were around for two or three of those. Okay. So on to our next question. I think we've I think we've kind of done this topic in roundabout ways before, but so. If you could build a wrestling promotion around a single wrestler, who would it be? Current star. Uh, it can be current or former, or you can do both. God. If I was doing one around a current star, like, I would not have imagined myself saying this, like, even a year ago, but I'd probably do Cody right now. Uh, that's a good choice, actually. Yeah, that's well because he's also proven that he's willing to. He doesn't have to get the wins all the time, even in the promotion he's helping run. But uh, he's shown like a real ability to interject emotion into that. Like it, he really has gotten like, especially with the AEW stuff, he has gotten some like really next level. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree with you on that. I agree. With like you. I would, I would actually say I know, I, and I know they're probably not going to put the belt on him, but he is probably. I would take him over just about anyone in WWE right now, as far as like emotional investment and delivering in big moments. Oh, he's he's the ace of of AEW. Like he's put on some great matches. His promos are good. He has brought the emotion and the the storytelling to his matches. Like, he's honestly, like, I, I have enjoyed what I've watched of AEW, but as far as, like, the high-quality stuff, he is he is carrying them by far so far, in my opinion. I agree. Like, as, as yeah. far as three-dimensional, like, not just work rate, like, show that to anyone, like, wow, this promotion is on to something, it's all been Cody stuff. Yeah, I can, I can, I agree with that. Um, the... If I was going to say past, I mean, present minus a few years, I would, I could probably say probably AJ Styles, but he's getting ready to, he's, he's winding up his career right now. If I was going to go all time, I would probably go with Sting. Mm. Not just because I'm a huge Sting fan, but Sting was charismatic enough, capable enough, adaptive enough he could work with about anybody and he didn't overshadow the other person so you can have sting have a really good match with someone and it wouldn't detract from the other person and so if if sting is my mainstay i can structure around that and always know that if a feud with him is going to work um that would be my my because yes flair Excellent. Steamboat. Excellent. But 
I don't feel like that they had, or at least, you know, Flair, Flair had very much a, a kind of style he was going to work. And that makes perfect sense. Of course he did. You know, his offense was structured around his goal. But Sting was able to... Sting's stuff varied, especially once he, he introduced the Scorpion Death Drop into his arsenal. You know, he he could work... You know, I mean, he worked great matches. He worked, well, I'll say good matches with the Giant and with Vader... And he worked good matches with, well, obviously Flair, and you know with uh, uh, Rude. You know, he, 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 it's not like he was always good working against big guys, or he's always good working against small guys. It's he was good against anybody, and that was engaging. So it, that's that's what I would want. It's for my um, for the person who's going to be the centerpiece of my promotion. Those are good choices. You, are you agreeing with them, or are you thinking? Uh, I've always gotta, been a, I've always been a huge Sting fan, so uh, if I was going to choose someone from the past, like that, that'd be a, a solid pick. I'd probably he'd be on my short list, or he he, he might actually be my pick. Uh, I'm going to go with a current star, okay, just because I think he's a guy with a, a ton of talent, and I think he by and large, has been underutilized in the WWE, but I'll go with uh, Finn Balor. Okay. I, I still feel like he's a guy that the occasion will throw now in the upper car- card for like a match or two and then forget about him. But he's a guy who literally he should he should be one of your main event guys. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he's now at late 30s. So... I mean, yeah. he can still he can still go. He can still perform at a high level, but you're not going to get like ten years out of him. Maybe that's fa- maybe that's what they're factoring in into their decision not to use him as much. Yeah. But then again, uh, AJ Styles is older than he is, and yeah, he's perennially in a, a top spot with them. But I don't know. I think I think Balor. I've hyped him up on this show before as a guy they should be going with, but it, tremendous talent gets over with the crowd, has charisma. A uh, good talker, like he—he's a guy who, let's be honest, like if his contract was up right now, AEW would be like tripping over themselves to get him, and he oh, could yeah. be—he yeah. would be a game changer for them because he oh, could—they could push him into the main event and have him be their top babyface, or even have him be a heel, a top heel, and and just run with that with for like two three years, easy. Mm-hmm. And he's super over for how little they do with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you a question, and this is a this this is it. it this is just because I, I haven't had a whole lot of familiarity with him outside of WWE. But is at least in WWE, his offense seems like super restricted. Is that just a product of working there, or does he have a small wheelhouse that he tries to use in a very dynamic way? No, even if you look at NXT, he has a higher. He has a more expanded move set. Okay. Yeah, he does. Even when he did that NXT UK takeover in January, he busted out moves you don't see very much. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was a that was a great match, by the way. I that particular show, I didn't watch the entire show, but I watched that match, and he it was phenomenal. And um, he he's a much 
His his persona is actually very different outside of WWE. There's much more of an edge like to it. Uh-huh. That's what I've kind of pieced together in that why would you use a fly the of the coup de gras as a finish? Why are you using a flying double stomp as a baby face? That's that that does not seem like a baby face finish to me, but it's a perfect heel finish. I think it's fine as a as a face finisher. Maybe it just makes me cringe too much to to go for it that way. Yeah, I guess yeah. So <clears throat> that's that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, next question. Are there any other wrestling podcasts you listen to? And I know this this one's going to be answered because Matt and I talk about them on the air every now and then, but the Laps Fan is an obvious one. That's my uh, that'd be not my number one answer there for you. The Laps Fan. Uh, I actually uh, my my friend Damien the Dames, uh, Damien Gonzalez, who I've mentioned before on this podcast. Like he he's someone who to, uh, clued me into that. Uh, and I started listening, and it was hilarious. And I, I sadly am still like way, way, way behind on their. They shows do like three-hour shows, though. It's that's partly why, like their shows, a uh, three-hour show, like that's that's a that's a small one. Like some of the WrestleMania shows that they've covered, they had to break them up because if you actually combine them together, it's one. I think maybe like WrestleMania 17. I think if you actually combined everything together, it they did like a five, six, seven-hour show. It was insane. Yeah, but they, but they like they 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 pull from like people's books about the topics. Like, I mean, they oh, they yeah. do extensive like research. Yeah, they do, uh, and it's they're hilarious. Uh, Jack and Carnacio, it's one of them, and then JP Sorrow. I think JP actually has a background in. Uh, he has some uh, film ba- experience. He actually it was like a, a, an extra. I think he actually has done some behind the scenes stuff for shows. So he's he's very talented, very charismatic. They have a tremendous story on one of the podcasts about. <laughs> <laughs> they hired Virgil to be <laughs> part of a, part of one of their bachelor parties. It's I can't even do the story justice. It's it's everything you could want. Do, in do a you know which one story. that's on? By the way, I think it was on one of the WrestleMania ones that I forget. Uh, it's just hilarious. Like they, uh, I have a running joke with Damien because one of the uh, the SummerSlam '92 episode, they start pulling from uh, from Brett's book his autobiography mm-hmm. where he talked about that match and he talked about how right before i mean it's sad in the context but how uh how davy boy was basically like addicted to crack at the at that at the time of that famous match oh yeah and how he had to like walk davy davy boy like through the entire match as it was happening mm-hmm. uh but then jp sorrow starts going into this whole like <laughs> He starts going into this whole like uh, Davy Boy smoking crack impersonation, and it's very dark but hilarious. So, <laughs> there, um, it, man. I just smoke uh, crack. <laughs> I, I'm sure you'll get there in about a decade, Matt. But their their series on world class is really good. Yeah, I've I've heard it's tremendous, and I I, I can't wait to. They I, I think the series that they're doing right now is covering. Than the early '90s Vince McMahon yep. steroid. They're doing truck. like day by day. Yeah, 
But if you want to, I mean, you know how much, um, um, oh, oh, you know how big a piece of crap Fritz von Eric is, but man, like even with the humor, like involved, like you will come out of that thinking he is like just the biggest like piece of shit ever. Yeah. But their Vince, like, it, it graded on me at first, and most of their impressions will, but I that Vince one, I do all the time. Like, Pat Patterson, get in here. Patterson, get in here. <laughs> uh, the best I've got is every now and then I'll listen to something from the Edge and Christian podcast, the Austin podcast, or if he's got a guest I like, I'll listen to Jericho's. But I don't like Jericho's. It, it for, that's why I say it depends on the guest. Some guests are are really good. Um, you know, I, I oddly enough, I really enjoyed the one he did with uh, with Brandy Rhodes. I thought that was I thought that was really interesting to listen to. And then, um, you know, there have been some others when I just turned it off because I'm like, I I don't care, or this is this is awful. Austin's a better Austin's better at getting stuff out of people in my opinion, but Austin's also like a wrestling nerd. Yeah. He is, and that does come uh that that's clear on some of the shows. Although he can get a little like he can delve into a little bit of the shtick too and Yeah. But like uh, there's this one with him and Scott Hall and they were just like it was like a couple of nerds in their basement talking about wrestling. It was yeah. fascinating. Austin is can be pretty good um it's better when he's talking to uh to the wrestlers versus when he just has like his buddy uh on uh ted valor or something like that that can be funny but it it just winds up then like just joking with each other and sometimes that gets just like it gets old i'll be honest with you the biggest problem i have with austin's podcast is like sometimes i have to skip the first half hour of it because like steve i know you're excited about it i know you want to talk about it how much your i know what your podcast I don't care about where you went four wheeling last weekend. Yeah, just, just, I I don't I I I can't come up with the way of expressing how little I care about this. So I'm just gonna skip it. Yeah, uh, uh, I like I do not like Jim Cornette's regular podcast because he delves too much into politics, and I just don't. Whatever whatever side of the ideology someone falls on, I do not want to hear them discuss politics. Like I just don't. So I don't like that's, his normal show. That's not like what. The, yeah, uh, I was going to say like, that's not what we're listening for. I do yeah. like the drive-in, where he just answers questions because that doesn't come up as much. And if you keep him to old stuff, stuff that he actually likes, he has a good insight, and some of his stories really funny. Um, I will listen to his regular show if he's talking about. Um, like if he's deep diving into like something he booked. I also like between the sheets with um Bix and Chris Zellner and some of Zellner's like side stuff where he has guys on to talk about old territories. I like that stuff. And then I like um I like Brian Last and I don't remember the other guy's name where they do like an episode of Mid South every show. Those that's primarily what I listen to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can we go back a second? Um, yeah. I agree, like, Jericho. Jericho can get annoying, too. I think he can be fine, depending upon the guest uh, or the subject matter. Like, he think, did... 
Uh-huh. I think he also varies on how um, many adult beverages he's had before he's <laughs> oh, gone you can, on. Oh, you can tell. You can tell when he's been drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, you can tell when he's enjoying a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he starts slurring his words. Sometimes it's funny. Like, the shows are good. Like, one time, he, I, I guess uh, occasionally he'll have, like, the club on. Uh, yeah. And that I've listened to a couple of those episodes and those are actually like really funny. Cause it's just like, they're just sitting around uh, in a semi inebriated state, just bullshitting. And that's Anderson good. gallows are hilarious. It, it, it's, yeah. it's really gallows is fucking hilarious. I can't believe WWE has never like utilized his personality at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're pretty, they've been pretty good in the last few years about not recognizing yeah. talent. So, yeah. The, um, uh, the ride-alongs that Anderson and Gallows did on the network, I'm sorry, I know I'm jumping real quick, but those are some of my favorite pieces of content WWE has released in years because they just let these guys, these two genuinely funny guys, cut up for a while and talk about wrestling stuff. And it's great. And the running gag about having the um, the, the, the cardboard cutouts of H.A. and Balor in the back seats where the top guys sit, and then they call people on the phone to tell them about it is really funny. And it's, it's a lot of fun to listen to, but for God's sake, why don't you let, why don't you let them do some funny stuff on TV? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm backing up your point. In because a, that would be spontaneous play. and people might enjoy that. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, with Jericho, it depends upon the guest or the subject matter. Uh, so occasionally he will get into, uh, some pretty meaty discussions, mm. meaty topics. And by the way, guys, if you like meat, Omaha steaks. <laughs> Omaha steaks. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering how long we were going to wait. I, he, he stopped doing it. He's bad with he, the transitions is the joke. Yeah, he We've is. we made the joke before. <laughs> well, the worst is like those podcasts where they just like, they just shove those commercials in anywhere, like mid word. It'll go to like the commercial. Yeah. Well, Jericho pre-records his his uh, his spots and then get like puts a break into the conversation and just and puts the spot in somewhere. And it's like ah, yeah. oh, that's a rough transition. I need to hit jump forward thirty seconds about four or five times. Now we're back to the actual thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Uh, oh god. I also his he's just starting out, so I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. But I am paying attention because I do like the kayfabe commentaries. But Sean Oliver's podcast is getting off the ground, though I think that's going to be very dependent on his guests. Yeah, I think I, Oliver's a great interviewer. I, I don't know how the podcast will go. I do love uh, my favorite segment. Just go to go slightly off topic of the kayfabe commentaries is the what a dick seg- segments. Uh, <laughs> all right no it's the dick bag no they've, they've changed well a couple they've, times. they've got the it started out as what a dick and then it became the dick bag and the hoe bag yeah my favorite <laughs> my favorite my favorite one from those was like the hoe bag with two cold scorpio and they brought up like fabulous moolah and he's like hmm, that old time bitch like i probably would have <laughs> given her some dick back in the day <laughs> Scorpio just doesn't hold anything back. And no. it's, it's fascinating to listen to because he's just so upfront, just so upfront about it. And like I by comparison, like they did the hoe bag with uh, Shane Helms. 
it makes me like Shane Helms because he doesn't want to call anyone a dick. He doesn't want to say anything bad about anyone because he gets along with everyone. But then there's like no good stories to go with it, you know? My my other favorite one from the whole bag was the honky tonk man with China. He's like, well, she's done some things on film that she shouldn't have done, so she goes to the hoe bag. <laughs> and, and and the running gags in that when they're like, they're doing the hoe bag thing, and when they get to Missy Hyatt, he just pitches it in the bag for him. <laughs> he doesn't even slow down. He just and like his Miss- bitterness. His bitterness that Conan like took their money and ran. Yeah. He's like, what a dick. Conan will answer that one for you. <clears throat> you know, the one that surprised me, I think, the most out of, of the, the dick bag stuff was the ones they did with uh, ICP. Because they did one of those with ICP, and ICP's like, no, nah, he's cool. No, nah, he's cool. No, nah, they were kind of mad at us, but we, 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 we patched it up. It's all right. Yeah, we're cool. I was just like, wow. It, for some reason, I, like we told the story about the, the thing with Terry Funk on the air before and stuff like that, but it's just, just how laid back they are. And apparently how they were trying to make things right with people. It's just like, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. They seem they're, they're weird guys. Cause when they like actually talk and they're not doing their like character stuff, they seem like they're. But like they, they, they were legit wrestlers. Like, didn't you, did you see the part where they were talking about how they were like wrestling on shows in like the late eighties or something like indie shows and like Bobo Brazil, the Sheik were still like wrestling in their seventies as like the main events. No, I didn't see that. And like, I think that the smaller one was managing the bigger guy. I don't know their names. Uh, I think violent J is the bigger one and shaggy two dope is the smaller one. I, I, I reversed. Okay. Yeah, they, I don't they, know. I'm not. They've done legit stuff. Like they have worked. Yeah. Hey, yeah. one of them got power bombed on top of a bus and then fell off the side. Yeah. So you know, I think he's earned some stripes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Can I give uh, a? Can I give a couple yeah. more? Yeah. Yep. Go for it. Uh, just two uh, honorable mentions for wrestling podcasts. I do listen to one. Uh, they follow us on Twitter, but they actually I've met I've met um I met one of them before, but the fully posable uh wrestling podcast. Oh yeah. It's, it's two brothers. Uh they have they've had uh they've had our mutual friend Christy Petrillo on a lot to talk about uh Figures Toy Company. Mm-hmm. But uh for a podcast that is almost explicitly about just wrestling related toys you would be surprised how much content they they have. They they do a show like every week. Um, it's entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been ongoing now for like a few years. And they're really good guys. So do they that, do they like review toys? Like I'm just curious because yeah. like uh, they review them. Um, they talk about what they're collecting. They, they there's always a segment where they've gone uh, toy hunting. Uh, they, I mean, they do deep dive. I just listened. This is a this podcast is probably like a gosh like two years old maybe uh it was an older episode that they did but it was a two-hour discussion that they did with the two of them it's two brothers who live out in california they it was uh it was an episode that had chris actually on it and uh brian breaker uh breaker in bain there's a podcast that i don't i have not downloaded their stuff to listen to it but brian breaker is actually in the industry he's he's a wrestler he's um 
I think he did a stint or two in All Japan, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but they had uh, Brian Breaker and Chris on, and they did literally an entire two-hour podcast discussing every wave of the uh, the old-school Hasbro WWE figures. Wow. Like, talking about which figure in the waves was the best. Like, uh, I think they even went through, like, each each particular figure. Like, they... they they go. They do deep dives, but it's they, they still find a way to make it entertaining. So, I did. You know, that's that's one of those things. Like toys are one of those things that I would love to get into, but I just don't have the space for. Because wrestling wise, if if I could actually get into one toy line, it would be those AWA Remcos that just look amazing because they're essentially He-Man figures. Oh yeah, they've they've talked about them on the podcast before. Uh, I actually think these guys, if I'm not mistaken, you know the uh, the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us? Mm-hmm. I think in the next season of shows, I think they even got interviewed for a segment. Oh, oh that's cool. cool. Yeah. And they're good guys. Like, I, I've met, uh, I've, ta- I've conversed with them a bit on Twitter, but uh, one of them I've met actually two, uh, two or three times now in person. Uh, I saw him most recently at Double or Nothing. He was there with his wife. And they're just they're just good people like they really are like solid guys i know they have helped people out like they're if you're if you're trying to collect a toy especially like a like a modern day wwe figure uh because sometimes that can get hard trying to find the specific releases like they'll help you out like they will they literally have like a whole army of people on twitter that'll be like like who's found this figure and they'll like put you in contact with like you know, so you can individually work out a deal. Like, oh yeah, like I want this uh, Alistair Black figure, but I can't find it in my area. Uh, and some guy, will, some guy on Twitter, they'll they'll ask him to find it for you. He'll find it, and it's just you know, yeah, I'll pay you like I'll pay you for the figure plus shipping, whatever. They're good guys. I'm gonna have to subscribe to that. I keep meaning to every time you talk about it, and then yeah. I don't remember to put it on my phone. But I'm going to subscribe to that. Can, can we so um let, do do your other shout out and then I want to ask you guys a side question to that. Sure, my other shout out. Back to actually, my other shout out. Um, I haven't listened to too many episodes, maybe only about ten of them. Uh, but and but I feel this kind of is why we have Tony Schiavone working for AEW. But what happened when? Oh yeah, that's the, a good one. The podcast he uh Tony Schiavone does with with um. He's a Conrad. Conrad, yeah, uh, and I think. I, when did that start? I think that started. It's been about a. I think it's about two years that that's been. Yeah, I think I want to say it's been a couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years at least. So I feel like that kind of got Tony back into people's consciousness. Uh, and it's just entertaining because you actually get to see that Tony has a lot of personality and he's self-deprecating and he can like bullshit and and make fun of people in a in a humorous way uh so i think that kind of got people people their nostalgia for tony shivani i'm just <laughs> glad i'm i'm just glad that tony stopped running away from wrestling because i feel like yeah i feel like he's a guy that has seen like he saw almost two decades of wrestling and it was really a shame to have him hiding from it mm-hmm. yeah yeah that uh that podcast is worth listening to for his stories of Klondike Bill, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, you should uh, you should search them out. It's, yeah, those are those are always great. Klondike Bill was a character. <clears throat> so, uh, so I, I, I want to hear that. So, mm-hmm. thanks for the so head. My, 
my side question since we were talking since Matt was lovingly talking about the fully posable podcast, what is the the last like toy that you collected? Is this your last question or just a side question? No, no, no. This is a side question. We'll do the last question. I would say I mean there's things that I want to collect. Like I I ironically since listening to the the fully posable podcast I, I live in an apartment now, so I don't have space, but I kind of want to collect all of the old school um, LJN WWF figures. Uh, maybe eventually, if I have the time and money, I'll try and collect the the old school Hasbro's. But I kind of want those old LJN ones. Uh, that that's just that's a, an aside. I think the last toy that I was still kind of like into was probably like GI Joe figures. But I collected them like yeah, literally up until like a few years ago when it was uh, they're putting out new like new figures. Just because I, I those that was my favorite toy as a kid, so I try to collect some of the some of the stuff as like collector's items. I think for me the last thing I collected like seriously collected um, had like a bunch of them up to a point was when they were doing the Star Wars figures from uh, Kenner in the late 90s. Mm. I remember those. And I think, I think I did that up until about 2000. Well, maybe the Toy Biz WCW toys might have gone longer than that. But no, it had to have been the Star Wars stuff. When you say toys, are we talking <coughs> like... Game pieces don't count, right? No, because that's a that's a that's, that's a whole different addiction. Um, yeah. God, I don't know. Because I'm, if we're if yeah, we're, we're not going to dive into or, that. That's that's the, yeah, that's a dangerous dangerous place to be. Yeah, because if we're talking about Warhammer, I'm sitting next to my tackle box of paints with like drying minis like all around me right now. Yeah, so. I've I've got my my lizard men. Uh, pieces sitting on the top of my desk right now next to my hero clicks. Um, toys? God. I'm I guess Amiibos. I, I, have... I don't really remember. I have Amiibos. I, I, I can tell you what it will probably end up being. Is it's probably It will probably end up being uh, as, as, as time marches on it's probably going to end up being imaginex for my boys um because what are those they are basically they're they're um they're ah, that's the best way to describe it they're not are they like those different like lego style things or well the lego might be the the best reference i can draw to it for you of the like they were in lego ish but Normally, it's that they come. They either come in like a three pack, or they come in a set piece. And so the set piece is something like um, I don't know the uh, the set piece is something to the effect of uh, the Bat Cave or the Shazam. Oh, okay. The Shazam one came with the talkie tawny that that shoots lightning bolts or something like that. So they're they're usually little superhero type stuff. Um. And more, there's more DC than there are Marvel of it. So okay. I, I see that 
I see that coming down the pike. Okay. So, our, can, I, no. can I get a just a, a side related question? Yeah. Are I now if you're a collector and I when I you listen to like if you listen to the fully posable show, mm-hmm. they're very much uh, they're pretty much almost exclusively mint on card, keeping it in the package unless they're going to buy an extra to actually like display yeah. uh, outside of the package. But what where do you guys fall? Are you a uh, it needs to be pristine in its packaging because that's that's where the value is, or are you? I'm gonna rip this package open because I want to actually hold the toy. I want to play with the toy. I want to pose the toy. All that stuff. The only thing I've I've never that I've bought and I've never taken out of the packaging was when I bought an issue of Giant Size X Men number one. Mm. I have some stuff that's still in the package, but I don't know. I'm in this weird place where, like, I, I've been given. I've got a couple of. Um, Shazam figures that people have given me as gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm in this... God, I'm old. I feel old sometimes. I need, like, a structured rule set to go with whatever it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it's, you know, when you're young, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, the Autobots are teaming up with the Justice League, and there's no problem with that. But now it's like, okay, look, I need, like, some some, like continuity or some scale that I can put these guys on the same side of or something like that. I, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm just not doing, uh, I, I, I don't do great with that sort of thing <laughs> anymore. It's, I, I gotta have, I gotta have like a rule set or something with it now. And just like, as far as like being a video game collector, uh, most of like, if I can get the hard clamshells for, like, my Master System games, I'll do that. But space-wise, like, I just... I don't have the space to, like, keep my stuff in boxes. Same. Although, uh, I just like... I like actually holding or t- or touching the actual, like, figure or toy. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like it ripped off. Like, I just yeah. rip, that, rip that package open. I want to actually, like, hold it, pose it, things like that, but... Uh, it's teach their own. If it's if you are a collector that that wants it pristine, I know that the play posable guys they keep it in the package, but then they actually go to shows or conventions or things like that and actually get the figures signed by the actual workers mm-hmm. oh, to the cool. extent that they can. I mean, if if, if they're putting out a, a t- like for example, uh, a few a few series ago they put out like an Andre uh, as a giant as the giant machine. Okay. Obviously, there's no chance you can get an Andre signature on that figure. Yeah. Uh, it's more like you know if they they just put out uh, I think most recent waves it's like uh, uh, Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. I'm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like if I'm picking up old stuff, for example, I have one of the original cartridge SNES Chrono Trigger games. I'm not getting it because I want the mint, but I want it because then that way I can actually, if I sit down, I can, I can play it, right? Like I can, I can do something with it. It's just a, you know, uh, action figures I don't do much with anymore. So they, they just kind of stay in the package and I put them up somewhere. So it kind of looks nice. But if I'm going after something in particular, then it's, it's, 
it's probably not going to remain in the package. Yeah, even like with my Atari collecting, like I just get those because I just want to see how like weird and potentially good or bad some random Atari game from the early eighties is. Wow, that could get weird. It does. Like I, I even have stuff that people like on cartridge that people have programmed like modern. Oh wise. wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's. I wouldn't have, never have guessed that was even a thing. Oh yeah, you can get the people even like homebrew like I think they're doing like NES games now and stuff. Cool. And people still do stuff for like new programming for the Commodore sixty four. Wow. Yep. So speaking of video games, it's a good segue. Um, what is your favorite video game console? Wow. Oh man. I I have two answers for this. Like the cheat answer is the PC because that's probably what I've played like the most hours on over the course of my gaming career, but I am going to actually answer with a console which is the Super Nintendo because it probably has my two favorite RPGs on it. No, probably it has at least four of my t- top 10 favorite RPGs which would be Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Earthbound, and Super Mario RPG. Man, those are some good picks. And then, you know, on top of that, just that era of gaming, I think, is when I was, like, most active. You know, you also have Mario World, uh, Donkey Kong Country, Secret of Mana, um, Legend of Zelda. Golly, that's a really good... See, I, I would I would want to do the same thing and be like, no, no, I'm going to go with PC. But I don't consider PC a console. I, I consider agree. it a fun like gaming is a function of a PC, but a console is something that is just for gaming, basically, or that's the primary purpose. I would consider something like a Commodore 64 to be a console, but that's because most people that had a Commodore 64 had it to play games on. Yeah. That I'm, yeah, I kind of agree with your assessment of the PC. So now platform. what's happened is you've asked me to... I'm trying to figure out a way to split the difference between two of them. Uh, because... I just say both. Well, you said the Super NES for a lot of good reasons. The other one that I'll add to that reason is uh, Looney Tunes B-Ball, which is the most fun sports game I've ever played. I know I mentioned that in the uh, the cartoon episode, but... If you've never played it, seriously, go hunt it down. You you will have a it. If NBA Jam was more absurd with Looney Tunes characters, that's Looney Tunes B ball, and it's awesome. I need to try that at some point. <laughs> I have to decide between that or the N sixty four because I put in so many hours on the N sixty four. <clears throat> to be fair, primarily in things like WCW NWO World Tour, WCW NWO Revenge, uh, WWF, uh, what was it, uh, WrestleMania 2000, and No Mercy, and, you know, just those four games by itself, I spent so much time playing on, but then... Um, See, I was more... I, I did have an N64, and I put a lot of hours into it, but 
that era, I kind of slid over to the original PlayStation because that's where the JRPGs were, which till about, um, well, from about the first time I played the first Final Fantasy on the Nintendo, well, still to today, like, I pretty much love RPGs. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't have, I wasn't a JRPG guy, so I didn't, and I never had an original PlayStation, so that wasn't a big thing for me, but the... You know, there's um, Shadows of the Empire. Wow, played a That's lot. That's a good game. Played a lot of Shadows of the Empire. Played a lot of um, first Rogue Squad- Squadron. Yes, the Rogue really Squadrons. Uh, Though I will say the original say Smash the, Brothers was on yeah, there. But to go to PC real quick, but all oh, the the Tie Fighter and X Wing games mm-hmm. in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh Tie Fighter. I played Tie Fighter. So- God, I would have beaten TIE Fighter two months earlier if it wasn't for one stupid mission. The the flipping mission where you have to stop the Rebels from blowing up the Emperor's uh, pleasure yacht. Because it had no shields, it had no speed, it had no weapons, and it's just you against, apparently, like, most of the Rebellion's fighters showing up. God. And my my first FPS was a um, was Star Wars Dark Forces. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah, I, I was playing playing Doom before that. So I I played Doom right after I played Dark Forces, and I actually played Doom two before I played Doom. I played the original Doom first. Uh, you know, and I didn't. There was I never. There was my favorite was going around the first level of Duke Nukem and killing strippers with a handful of dollar bills. Oh yeah, Matt. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't really think about it this way, but I guess Doom was probably my first uh, first person shooter as well. Because I did the port of the uh, on the Genesis. Okay. Oh, is that any good? I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it probably wasn't as good as the, uh, the PC version, but it was fine. You can still do most I, everything that they had there. I think the 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 N64 had a port of Doom. I know I played that. I think I played the... Was there a Wolfenstein port for the Super Nintendo? I don't, I don't know. Remember. You know, I um, this is how... I guess growing up... my Growing up, uh, my parents did get me game systems. But I was uh, I was one of those kids where it was like... You can pick one. Like, we're not getting you all the game systems, so I had to choose. Yeah. So growing up, like I had, like everyone else, I had the the original Nintendo. And then uh, I had to choose between Genesis or the Super NES, so I chose the Genesis. So uh, most of those Super NES games you mentioned, mm-hmm. I didn't play them. Wow. Yeah. So I... I had a Super Nintendo on that, and then I got a Genesis in, like, 1995 used, I think, for, like, 25 bucks Mm -hmm. because I went to a friend's house and played Fantasy Star 4, and I had to have a Genesis because of Fantasy Star 4. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll I'll throw in my favorite game system. I mean, I I I love video games, and I love... I actually love the modern systems. Uh, It... The way things have progressed, it's just amazing. But probably, if if we're going to go with the system that I think I played almost more hours on than anything else, 
I'm gonna go original Game Boy. Hmm. Yep, first, I had a Game Boy. Was that like the first like genuinely advanced portable game system? Because remember back in the, 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 the I mean the, back the, um, in the day. Hmm? There was the Lynx. The Lynx and the Game Boy were pretty much like the same time, but the Lynx was kind of didn't have as good a screen like and I think there might have been something in Japan that predated it, like a micro computer, like a super like microcomputer. But it was, it was if it wasn't the first, it was like the second. Well, I know the Game Boy had like tremendous uh, kind of market penetration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like I, I did like odd jobs for my mom, for like months to save up money. To get the get the Game Boy because it was uh, I think it was like just under a hundred bucks. I think it was like eighty. It might have been a hundred or eighty. I think I it was it a, Christmas. It might have been eighty, but you could get a bundle if it was a hundred with with a game or two. I think it was like around a hundred, but uh, I got it, and then uh, I, I ultimately got like several games for it over I, the course of the, the next several years, and I just I loved, I loved it. I played it so much. I played. To me, it's still to this day, I have played the game Tetris the most on that system. I mean, I played Tetris. Oh, it was... I played Tetris on several systems, but I played Tetris for hours on that system. Yeah. Plus, my, they had. Da- Go ahead. My dad and I had a constant back and forth because he'd always wanted to play Tetris. Like, I think, I think the day I got it on Christmas, he might have played it as much as I did because, like, <laughs> he, because Tetris is a harsh mistress that sucks you in and does not let you go yeah. and there are still times there are still times and i haven't played the game boy version in probably 15 years mm. where i'll still hum some of that music to myself true story uh two years ago or about a year and a half ago uh at the local at the at the big dc convention awesome con yeah. they had uh they had a, a vendor who did old old school video games that they had that refurbished or they were just selling used and they had a working game boy uh and we bought it with a copy of tetris oh wow uh, it didn't even cost that much money but my wife will uh, occasionally like just pick up the game boy because it's sitting on our coffee table yeah she'll just, she'll just pick it up to start <coughs> playing and i actually get annoyed because sometimes i'm trying <laughs> to like have a conversation with her and she's she'll be playing tetris and I- it She'll get frustrated with me because she gets like engrossed in it. I have two, but one the sound doesn't work, and the other one the sound works, but the screen doesn't work, and I've been too lazy to combine them into a working unit. So I was gonna say uh, this is a, a quick plug, but the Angry Video Game Nerd did an excellent episode about the Game Boy because. Um, mm. They were making the Game Boy until, like, the really late 90s, even. Well, Pokemon so, came out here in, like, 98 or something like that. Is that what it was? Game Boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was... It might have even gone further than that. But, uh... Was, it's well, theor- a really good episode. Theoretically, the up. color was still a Game Boy, so... Oh, okay. Well, I'm talking there about was, the original one. Yeah. There was some great games for that. And there are great there were some games that were basically continuations of franchises that had been on the NES. Like they yeah. did two or three like Castlevania games. They did super Mario games. Oh my God. The Wario games. Oh, I yeah. loved those. 
Man, I wish I could play that right now. <laughs> Super Mario Land 2 is quite a good game. Yeah. Uh, Link's Awakening was oh, yeah. probably one of my favorite Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Kirby's Dream Land is very good. Mm. I love Kirby's Dream Land. And I don't know if you played it, but Pokemon Red and Blue are quite good. I think I have played those, but I think I like borrowed those because I I, I don't think I own those. So that was I was in high school at the time, and uh, I knew that was coming. So my friend wanted to play too, so we worked it out. So I bought Red, and he bought Blue. So then we we were playing through it about the same pace, and we'd each like catch the the exclusives so that we could tra- we could trade and get all of them. So that is the only game where I caught all of them. That's clever. Because I had a friend that was playing at the exact same time. I uh, I never had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear. But I never had a Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Game Gear Game was Gear. nice. Trust Except that it, it ate batteries like... Yeah, well, what we did is we got... Um, instead of just buying piles of double A's, we went and got um, these supplementary battery packs that you would... you It had a big screw. It'd mount into the back of it and be across the bottom. And it was way, way more power storage. So you could play for a lot longer. And, and whenever you're done, you just plug the cord into the side of it and charge it up. So that was that was a good move on our part. The only thing I hated was there was a puzzle game called Plocks that we had. I don't even remember where we got it from, but it was terrible. So I um I actually have one now. Um <laughs> And uh, the funny thing is, is it's the screen that ate those batteries up. So if you if you ever decide to buy one, Shad, like a new one, yeah, you have to you have to get them recapped because they were they are made cheaply. But if you get like an LED, or if you get like the I don't remember the guy's mod name. It's expensive, but if you get like the LED screen put in, the batteries actually last longer because it doesn't suck so much juice up. Okay. I sent a picture to the group chat, though. You can see my, my game gear I got last year. Yep, that's it. As all my stuff goes falling. Yeah. But yeah, that, that one has that one's been completely recapped, and it has like a screen mod in it. Okay. Because that's kind of the cool thing you can do. Like a lot of the Game Boys, you can buy like mods where they have like a backlit screen and stuff now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But that is that is our five questions for the evening. All right. Well, um, we'd like to hear from you guys. What do you think? Do you agree with us on video game systems? Who you'd build your uh, who you'd build your promotion around? All that kind of good stuff. Um, hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Any one of our social medias would be fine, and because uh, you know we keep an eye on them all. And this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>